Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. Well, let's uh, jump in today. We're going to start in Exodus 14, verse 13. And um, as we are looking at the the topic of experiencing God's normal, I mean, um, there's nothing normal about God's normal. Uh, Often, you know, how God works and leads and uh, has us... um, act and move is always going to be a little contrary to what we um, understand or a lot of times comfortable with, um, well, just comfortable in general. A lot of God's steps require us to exercise faith, require us to step outside of what we do know and to hold on of the hope of what is unseen and the the hope for uh, or the assurance of the things hoped for. And that's, that's hard to do. Anybody? I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to walk in that space. You know, faith, faith is a journey. It's not a sprint. You know, it's a marathon. And uh, as the hope is, as we mature in Christ, as we mature in our walk. And I hope all of us have the mindset of wanting to mature in who we are in Christ. And that doesn't mean more knowledge. That doesn't just mean more, you know, Bible verses memorized. It means the application of his word. It's, it's the level of, of faith that we apply to our every day, uh, the level of faith that we apply to um, our lives when no one is watching or in the trenches, in, in the mundane, you know, because that's where God shows up. And, and it's often where we grow the most is when uh, we are really um, facing difficulties or confusion, uncertainty, and God causes us or asks us to follow steps that really don't seem, I don't want to say safe, <laughs> but safe sometimes. But that's where we grow the most. And we have to know that during difficult times, whether now or in the future or even in the past, if you look back at your past, that it's often when we are challenged the most that we can grow the most. And you could look, for me, it's when those times were so difficult and so dire that God had me do extraordinary things faith-wise that I don't know if I would have done if things were comfortable. I don't know if I would have totally been able to hear if things were all normal and, and, and um, had a sense of ease to it. So I want today to encourage all of us where we are, where we are at that you know, growth and God leading us into seasons. Would everyone agree that you know, your life can be kind of like categorized as seasons? I mean, I, that's how I do mine. I mean, I think even when we talk with each other and you know, get together and just talk about our lives, it's seasons. It's broken down into this season of my life, and then, and then that season of my life, and then, then that season of my life. And there could be many seasons um, that define who you are. And, and I really believe God is a God of seasons, because as you mature, uh, you're just going to walk differently, and different things begin to happen. So I want all of us to know that each of us has a new season ahead. I mean, really. I want you to really believe, firmly believe that I don't care how old you are, there's a season awaiting a new season. And 
Because that keeps us from being stagnant. That keeps us from being complacent. It keeps us from being, from resting on our laurels and just kind of existing. See, it, it keeps us fresh and alert. And um, today is, we're going to look at a principle of how God can move us into seasons and into new chapters of our lives. And so if we look at verse 13, y'all, we're talking about, you know, Moses and the Israelites and the Egyptians that are now closing in on them. And we had touched on this a couple of weeks ago. They're now right in front of the Red Sea. They're, they, you know, there's seemingly no escape. They're doomed. They're freaking out. They've reached a breaking point, you know, that they're wanting to, you know, to go back. You know, Moses has, has, has uh, stirred, stood firm in his faith and, 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 and spoke to the Israelites you know, as one uh, that was confident in God's ability to help ease their fear. But we find something really interesting here, and I, I want to I dive into that a little bit. So verse 13 says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you Today, So does that sound like a, like a confident statement? Does that sound like a statement made from somebody that is confident in the faith, that truly believes in the God of the universe to, to be faithful and to do his thing? Yes, he is speaking words of faith, and he's trying to encourage people, his people, to, to stand with him. And in, in the face of dire consequences, it's very ser- not consequences, but a very uh, a serious situation that is closing in on them now. There's something really interesting that happens here. I want you, to, you all to see this. I'm just going to continue. So, so for the Egyptians who you see today, you will uh, see again no more forever. Come on, Moses, preach, right? The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Come on, that's, that's, the, kind, that's the kind of leader I want to be. And then the Lord said to Moses, awesome, Moses. Woo! No. He goes, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Hmm. So there's something in this transaction that happens. Moses is speaking faith. Moses is speaking from a place of, of courage. Moses is speaking from a place of bravery. Moses is speaking from a place of, you know, hopefully, you know, knowledge that his God has promised deliverance. And yet, all of a sudden, the Lord says, and but why do you cry to me? Kind of an interesting statement from God. Now, obviously, he's not crying. We don't hear him like crying out loud. And it's not the cry. It's, you know, it's why do you call out to me? You know, he's basically saying, stop talking and move. Stop talking and move. Very interesting because I think what we're seeing here is God is still, even though Moses is speaking with such faith, I think there's a cry of his heart that is like, I hope you show up. Please do something. Please do something. Come on. You know, I, I put my neck out for you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do something, God. You know, I think because God could hear the cry of our hearts in the, in the words that are thought just as audible as the words that we speak out loud. See, God hears. And so somewhat, something God was saying, all right, it's, why do you cry? Let's move now. We're done. We're done praying. We're done talking. Now I need you to move. This is an important aspect for all of us to understand in our faith journey. 
is that our life is a mix. It's a balance of praying and moving, praying and moving, listening, waiting, moving, praying, meditating, moving. Sometimes I think we could pray ourselves into paralysis because we want the way so open and so definitive. We want it so defined. We want no risk. We want no, nothing in the way that we just keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. And God is like, I, I need you to move now. And as you move, I'm going to make things clear, but I need you to move. And I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what that means for you, but there's going to come a time where we're going to face situations in our life where God is wanting to move us into new seasons where he's saying, okay, you've prayed, you've prayed, you've sought me. Now I need you to Develop the posture of movement. And this is what he's like. Why do you cry to me? Okay, you've said all the good things. You've said what you needed to say. You stood firm in the faith. Now I need you to move. He says, I need you to go forward. Do we remember, do we remember what it means to go forward in this, like in this situation? They can't. <laughs> There's a giant sea in front of them. There's a huge body of water in front of them. And God is saying, all right, stop. I need you to go now. Why? I go forward. And I could just see Moses just going, I don't, because <laughs> I would love to know kind of maybe, I, I don't feel it, it just unfolded just like that. I think there's probably a few more words. <laughs> there's probably a little more, some time that transpired where Moses was like, You know, was like water. Who's ever been in a place, maybe, you know, that, that you've looked back and, you know, God has had you move, but you're like, there's no way. There's like literally no way I can, I can move forward. Like, I don't have that capability. That's not who I am. Do you know who I am? Do you know that I, I, that's just not me? Or that's impossible. Or this situation or that situation or financially, there's no way I can move forward. There's so many reasons, you know, we feel like we can't move forward, but God is like done praying. I just need you to move forward. Some of you just needed to hear that today because you know what it is. Like, you, you, you know that step. Whatever that is, you can't, you, you can't get it off your, your chat. You can't get it out of your mind. But you're waiting for more clarity. He's like, Mm-mm, stop. Just begin to move, whatever that looks like. So who initiated the movement? Like, who initiated it? It was God, Right? Not Moses. He wasn't sitting there saying, now what? Now what? Now what? Like, I mean, he wasn't sitting there going, okay, I'm going to move God. Now you got to do something for me. No, it was God that said, it's time to move. See, God will always initiate the movement. And that's the balance of our lives, as our, of our lives of faith, is that balance of, this, is, this, you know, is this me trying to move and, get God, and getting God to kind of move with me? Or is it God initiating the move and me following, Right? That, that, that's the fine line. I think only life and experience can help you realize and determine if it was God or you. I can look back and see plenty of times where it was me. <laughs> but then I can look back and see the times that it was God. But more importantly, movement is always key. Movement. Like, movement. I just can't stress this enough. God initiated the movement here. It, he spoke clearly, move forward. And then he began to give instruction. 
God is not going to leave you in the dark. God is not going to leave you to just totally figure it out. As you say, okay, I'm going to move, right? Okay, he's going to begin to give you the instructions to move. He goes, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Can we just, can we, I don't know, this is just getting me so excited because I'm seeing things here so differently. He goes, this, this is God speaking. I mean, think about how, impo- talk about experiencing God's normal. Listen to how impossible it is. Hey, Russ, let's just say, lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Oh, okay. That's normal. <laughs> sure. Okay. You see what I mean? God just says it like, it just no, no bigs. Just another day in the day of God. But he's speaking this to Moses, his creation, the one appointed to be the leader, the one to help deliver the uh, Israel, uh, Israelites out of Egypt. And so now God brings him to this place where he says, now move forward. And then he goes on to speak crazy talk. Lift up your stick over the water and then divide it. And then the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Any questions? Uh, yes, I don't get it. Um, I've never seen this happen before. You're saying the, the water is just going to move. And not only that, all, all these are just going to walk on dry ground. Do you understand? It's not dry. It's wet because of the seawater. <laughs> like everything about what God is saying is absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. But again, it's a step, right? It's a step that as Moses would obey, God would unfold his power and ability. Sometimes we look at what we feel God is saying, and we're kind of like looking at the sea and saying, what? This is impossible. This is absolutely impossible. What you're saying can't happen. Don't you know me? Don't you know my past? Don't you know my family? Don't you know my job? Don't you know my coworkers? Do you know my kids? You see, it's like God doesn't live in our realm of existence. He sees what is possible because all things are possible. And so here, we have to, you got to understand, Moses was a human being. He was being trained as God would lead him each step of the way. But this was a whole nother level, right? This was a whole other level. Because there was a direct threat, an imminent threat to their lives, like right there. And God is saying, now I need you to move. Stop praying. Stop talking. Let's move. And then I want you to do this. See, we have to, Moses, he did it. We take that for granted because we know the story. We saw Charlton Heston. Saw him do it. So it's kind of like no big deal. After a while, you see it and you hear it and you you forget about how impossible this would be to those that were living in the moment-to-moment reality of this experience. And Moses, as a human being, hearing the instructions of the Lord and having to obey in order for them to be delivered. Now watch what happens. Let's go to verse 21. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. We take that for granted. He stretched out his hand over the sea. He did it. If he did not, would 
the sea have been divided? I argue, no. Why? God always works through obedience. If Moses said, no way, we're going to go around, God's like, I have it your way. <laughs> you see what I, Could God have done it without Moses? Yes, of course. Did he really need Moses? To, was the stick magic? <laughs> Did he have a magic staff? No. But he wanted Moses' obedience. He needed the obedience of Moses. God didn't need him to do anything, but he worked through Moses. He wants to work through you. You see, our obedience is necessary to walk into new seasons, to experience new levels of the power and goodness of God. See, this is why obedience and action are a necessary aspect of our lives as Christ followers. Followers. Where God leads, where Jesus leads, often is uncharted territory. And sometimes he might lead you right to the edge of a sea and then say, I need you to follow me through this sea. And it doesn't look possible, but God says, do you trust me? Yes. Moses stretched his hand over the sea. And then what does it say? And the Lord caused the sea to go back. Not Moses. I don't even know how you define it. Whatever. <laughs> Could you see him trying to do it? Well, he said he was, I was going to lift it and it was going to divide. <laughs> no, he just, uh, I could just see him going. <laughs> right? uh, and the Lord caught, could you imagine what he experienced when he just went like this and it went, boom. Yeah, use the false Luke. And the Lord caused the sea after the step of obedience to lift and stretch out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. This, took, this was a process. But what set the whole process in motion? Moses, that first move, it was on him to make the first move. God initiated it, say, I need you too. But Moses, it was up to Moses to make the first move. And then God made every subsequent move after that. He commanded the wind. He divided the water. He dried the land. He did it all. But he needed Moses' hand of obedience. That's what he needed. Some of you need to hear that. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, just, had God, just as, God has prom, as God promised. I can't talk this morning. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Let's not even get into the obedience of the Israelites to even walk through that, because I don't know if I would totally trust that. The water didn't disappear. It just formed walls on either side. I mean, in a moment, that can come crashing in. But yet they all trusted and walked through. 
And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen. And we know that God then collapsed the sea on top to him, on top of them. You see, this is just an encouraging word today. I want it to be an encouragement in a way that says, even if it's not now that God has given you a step, he will. And I want you to get excited about that moment when God tells you to stretch out your hand over something, to move. You see, because our actions are the fuel for God's work. They really are. As you see, all throughout the narrative of Scripture, God has worked his power through men and women, through their obedience. That's what faith is. If he just did it for us without us having to learn anything or to submit anything, to die to self daily, what are we really gaining, right? God just did it. You know, what would your child really gain if you just did everything for them and they didn't have to work for one ounce of anything? They're not learning anything about real love and about what it is to obey and to be rewarded, to work and to be rewarded and to grow as you're working, you know? We mature as we work. We, we mature as we navigate through life and make decisions, right? It, it's the natural consequence. Some good decisions, some bad decisions. You still learn. God wants us to learn what it is to be a follower to deeper and deeper and deeper degrees as we operate in obedience, it's not just praying things into existence. It's praying for wisdom that God's will be done and then we obey as he says move. And then God will begin to do the rest. It's exciting actually. Again, you'll see God working in the same way. That's how I love this study. It's like where else has God done something similar? It's not just an isolated uh, account. If you looked at, if you go to John 9 now, verse 1, watch what Jesus does. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Won't get into that. Basically, if someone was born with a handicap, it was, it was reflective of a sin within the family. Not true. Jesus answered, neither. <laughs> Bad belief system. This man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Awesome. We are born, each of us, that the works of God shall be revealed in us. Amen. We are each a walking testimony of God's power and ability to transform no matter what odds we face, what mistakes we fa- made. No matter what limitations we think that we might have, see, our lives are here so that the glory of God can be revealed through us. And that comes through, oftentimes, action and obedience. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now watch what he does. When he had said these things, he healed his eyes and he could see immediately. No. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed, that's a nice word. 
and he slapped the mud on the eyes of the blind man. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, think about this. You who can't see, now that any light that might have been able to come through your pupil at all is now totally gone because the mud is over your eyes. I need you to get up and walk and go and wash in the pool of uh, Siloam, which is translated scent. So he went and washed and then came back seeing. Can we see the parallels here? Moses, could you please lift your staff and your hand over the sea and divide it? Impossible. Hey, blind guy, could you go take a walk now to this pool, make your way across town or wherever it is, and then wash? And Jesus didn't even promise anything. Did you notice that? Where in, he's, where in this does he say, and you'll see? He just said he gave him just the steps to go do. But the man, the blind man had enough faith to go and do it. You see, do you see the parallel here? This man was born blind. He couldn't see for the entirety of his life. We do not know what type of state he was in, but it was desperate. And often all they could do was beg because they could not work. And here he was now meeting Jesus face to, who initiated all of this? Jesus. Jesus initiated this encounter. That's what I love about this encounter. See, the blind man didn't say anything. But Jesus initiated the action. The blind man could have said, uh-uh, you're crazy. I had a hard enough time getting here. Do you see? I can't see, no pun intended. But yet Jesus had this man go and walk and wash And when he did that, he came back seeing. Did Jesus need to do that? No. We don't know all the reasons he had him do this, but you know it had to be symbolic and significant. But to me, the most significant aspect is that the man had to exercise obedience. Some crazy obedience, some obedience that didn't make any sense. Walking across the city blind with mud on his eyes to go and wash with the hopes of something. And can you imagine what happened when he went and got in the pool and washed the mud off his eyes and he could see? (sighs) Can you imagine? He could have been like, thank goodness I listened. (laughs) Thank goodness I listened. Thank goodness. See, imagine some of us are saying, don't want this. Some of us are like, Lord, just heal me now. I don't want to do any, I don't, I, I just change my life now. I just, I want change, just change. Like this guy could have said, do I have to really go to the pool? Can't you just like heal me? If you're going to heal me, just heal me. Do we have to go through this whole song and dance of mud on my eyes and walking and getting to this pool? Do, can, just do it. Anyone ever been there with God? Just, just curious. Lord, do something. Come on. Why the torture? Why the delay? Why? is like, I, God knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing. And he knows what he's doing with you. Again, he gave a step of clarity. Go, go. Go and wash. So we need not always to be looking for the answer, 
but for the step. It's a big difference. See, we, we, we need to look closer. A lot of times, who looks way out there? Way out there. We have no idea what God wants to do with us. We need to look right here and say, all right, Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done. And that may be lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea that is in front of you. Okay. And see, this is so important for all of us. We're going to reach places where we feel stagnant, where we feel stuck, where we feel trapped. You know, this guy has been blind his whole life, probably had no hope of ever seeing. It wasn't even like a reality. It wasn't even a thought. But yet Jesus comes and gives him a step. And it starts with mud in his eye. <laughs> Trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Let's read that again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct your path. Direct your path. That's big. Direct your path. Jesus, God himself, directed the paths of Moses and this blind man. He directed the path. See, that's so important. Often we're wanting to get to the destination on the other side of the path. And he's like, no, I'm going to direct your paths. That's where we grow. This is how we move from season to season. This is how we mature. This is how we become less and less an obstacle is by allowing God to direct our paths. And often he's going to lead us right through a sea and he's going to put mud on our eyes and we're going to feel blind. And like, I, I just feel like I'm blindly entering. Anyone ever felt like you're blindly entering into a season where like, I don't know how this is even possible. I'm literally, I feel blind. Like this is so uncomfortable. This is so unfamiliar. This feels so beyond me, but yet he, I know he led me here, and then all of a sudden, boom. Whoa. Sometimes vision comes after the obedience. Some of us are wanting such clarity. He's like, that's not how I work. <laughs> because even he gave Moses clarity, but even that clarity didn't make any sense, right? I'm gonna, I need you to raise your staff, and I'm going to divide the sea. He's like, that What? See, even if God told us everything, we wouldn't believe it because it goes beyond what we are capable of or familiar with or understand. That way we, have, we need to trust the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding because it's finite, it's limited. It has no ability to grasp the things of God. And we have to believe inherently that God is so infinitely powerful and can do all things and he desires to work his power through us. So we have to get out of the way. We have to get out of the way. Can we stop using excuses? I'm just this way. I'm just this way. Because Moses tried that. I can't even speak well. I stutter. That's, that's all right. I'll take care of that. Don't worry. Gideon, I'm, I'm, I'm tiny. <laughs> I'm tiny. I'm small. I mean, look at who Jesus chose as his 12. I mean, you talk about guys that should not have been in that position. I mean, come on. Talk about walking blindly. <laughs> we need to stop using ourselves and our situations as excuses. We, can't, we have to stop asking God to just remove the situation and allow him to direct us through the situation. 
Because as he directs us through it, see, God becomes God. God becomes God. And so, if we look at Matthew 16, 24, and we touched on this a lot on Friday night. But this is really what it comes down to. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. One more time. Then Jesus said to his disciples, those who follow, those who place their trust in him. He goes, if anyone desires to come after me, to follow me, let him deny himself in his understanding, his understanding of his limitations. Let him deny all things that he thinks he knows and take up his cross and follow me. Do you see how important it is that Jesus stressed it in this way that seems like, why would I sign up for this? Because God works his greatest when we are the smallest but yet we keep making ourselves the biggest. We keep making, it's like we are big and we want God to fit into our plan, into our knowledge of our abilities, into our knowledge of our situation, into our knowledge, into our knowledge. God will always work beyond your knowledge, so he needs us to get out of the way. For whoever desires to save his life, which we do without even realizing it, to hold on to what you understand, to what you know, to what you're pursuing, to what you think matters, you're going to lose it ultimately because you just wasted a life that could have been used by God and you, can ex- you could have experienced the power of God and his plan in your life in extraordinary ways. But you lost it. Harsh warning. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I mean, what a promise. What a promise. And to follow him means, you know, it is a step-by-step journey. And sometimes we may take that initial step, whatever it is, but then all of a sudden things aren't happening as quickly as you want, and you can start to doubt, and you can start to retreat, and you can start to think. Keep moving. I mean, I think about this blind guy. We don't know how far he had to walk. But he had a lot of time to think about what was happening, right? He had, a lot, he had quite a bit of time with each step. He's like, what am I, what, what is it, what's going on here? Why am I doing this? Is this really, no way, this can't, I mean, why, what am I doing? There's so, to think about it, he, Jesus didn't throw him into the pool. He had to take each step, and with each step came a conscious awareness of the situation. And at any time, you know, he could stop, but he didn't. Some of you just need to keep moving, knowing that God gave you a direction. And just because you're not experiencing the fruit of that, no, you're you're entering into a new season. And God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. And you need to trust in that. And you need to keep pressing and moving. And so, y'all, this is, to me, like, the the powerful aspect, the, the hopeful aspect of being a believer in Jesus, that nothing has to be normal, that we operate differently. And so we need, like these accounts help us see, like these aren't fables, these aren't made up stories, this isn't fiction, these are real accounts of a real God working his power through the obedience of his creation. And he has not stopped working mightily. He has not stopped working powerfully. He has not stopped working.
So come on, let's get out of the way, right? Whatever that means, and it's, it's not like it's going to happen overnight, but you have to have an awareness that there's a new season for you. Some of you might be in a pit right now. And he's like, that's not forever. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to place your feet on solid ground, and I'm going to direct your steps. Some of you are on that solid ground. And maybe you're in a season of waiting, but know that your step is coming. And some of you may already have taken that step. Keep stepping. Keep stepping. Amen. Amen. Come on up. Oh, Lord, we thank you for, man, this, this, this word that it just gets me so excited, Jesus, because we have the privilege of knowing you, more importantly, of following you. Like, Lord, our, 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 our lives are more than this worshiping. You know, our, our, our act of worship is obedience. Our act of submission is obedience. Our, our act of trust is, 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 is obedience. It's action. So, Lord, I pray for those today whose ears just need to be open to the step that you've given them. Lord, I, pr- I pray for those that um, are still waiting that they would have patience. But Lord, I, I do, I pray for all of those that just need the hope of your power and goodness rekindled, that you have not left them nor forsaken them, that there is hope and that the season that they are in will end and a new season will come. But this season is defining them. It's building them, Lord, and it's breaking them. Because, Lord, we have to get out of the way. And I thank you that you know exactly how to do that if we allow you to. So, Lord, we love you. We submit our hearts to you. And, Lord, we give you our lives, knowing that our lives are here to reflect you, to glorify you, to witness to the world of your goodness, and that you will empower us to do your work. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.